Hi guys, welcome to or welcome back to Black, Gay, and Ill, a podcast built on diversity, vulnerability, and authenticity. I am your host, Ryan Goldsmith, and thank you guys so much for choosing to tune in again this week. So diving in, I am super, super grateful for all of the support and the reaction that everyone has had to this podcast. This has been an extremely challenging project for me um, for many different reasons, um, but it is because of you guys that I have continued to pursue this and just all around, I'm very grateful uh, for all of the support that I've received. So thank you guys so much. And I can't wait to see where this goes. We actually set a goal of 60 listen, well, 60 downloads by this past Sunday. And we surpassed that. I think we got up to 77. So that's extremely exciting. I cannot believe that this has received the reaction that it has again in such short time so again guys thank you thank you so much continue to listen continue to download continue to rate the episodes and then also feel free after each episode to leave any criticism or feedback i'm extremely open to it and i know that it'll only help me grow so don't be afraid to do so within the dms you guys can send me an email you guys have all my socials so just feel free to chime in whenever and i am very receptive to criticism so thank you thank you thank you I do want to start every episode with a weekly recap just to kind of check in with everyone. I kind of want to let you guys know how I've been doing. And I also want this. I want you guys to tell me how you've been doing again via social media. Um, You can leave any reviews and just kind of tell me how this helped you or whatever. So this week, uh, well, last week, technically, it started off really, really well. Um... I got to work at my home store Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and that was extremely exciting. I missed it. I was in super in the groove of everything. I missed my own team. I missed calling the shots. Um, I was extremely happy. The happy chemicals were really being produced while I was at my home store. And then I think it was about Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I had Thursday off, and then Friday I went back to the store that I am currently at. Not my home store, the store that I'm helping out at. And everything went to fucking shit. And when I say everything went to shit, everything went to shit. I don't know if it's that environment or like what happened, but I got there. I worked a shift and then I came home and I just sat in my thoughts, I guess, for too long. And it was just terrible. It was awful. Um, I just, I, I started thinking, I guess, a little bit too much And I sent myself into the spiral of no one likes you. Everyone hates you. You're a terrible leader. And then that, it went from that to you're a terrible friend. You're a terrible sibling. You're a terrible boyfriend. And I don't know where the fuck this came from, but it it just, it sent me into a really, really, really low point. And I just, I didn't know how to manage it. So I just fell completely sad and it was just terrible until I think it was so it was Friday night and then into Saturday morning into Saturday afternoon and then Saturday night I actually got to be a part of something super special two of my friends uh held their wedding reception it was beautiful and I'm super happy for them and for some reason that sent me into an uptick of emotions and it was great I felt wonderful I got to see some friends that I haven't seen in a while So I was super grateful for that. And now I'm just kind of running off that energy and that momentum. And I feel great. 
So we'll see what the rest of the week has in store, but that's kind of where I was at for this week. Well, this past week, whatever the fuck, y'all know what I'm trying to say. So this episode, we're going to kind of talk about what it means to be black, gay, and ill to me personally. Um, I kind of want to give a little disclaimer or like a trigger warning. I don't ever, I don't have a script, so I never know what the fuck is going to come out of my mouth. But I know I have a filthy mouth, so there will be cursing. We might chat about some abuse. We might chat about some addiction. We might chat about uh, thoughts of suicide. So just trigger warnings and disclaimers for all that jazz. Just be prepared. Um, But again, this is a podcast built off of diversity, vulnerability, and authenticity. So I want to give you guys the real, real, real. So growing up, I had always known that I was different. And when I say different, obviously I mean gay. Like I knew that I wasn't like the rest of the boys. I can remember, I can go back to a time where I vividly remember my kindergarten teacher. Her name was Mrs. Armstrong. She was trying to think of some prizes to give us. So she took a little vote. It was a verbal vote, of course. We couldn't write that shit down at that time. But (laughs) she took a vote and she was asking like what we would like as prizes. And I remember her listing snacks. I was a fat little fuck. So obviously I wanted food for good work. And then I remember her, if you guys remember the Polly Pocket dolls, those were super popping in the 90s, 2000s. So she mentioned those and my face lit up and I was so excited and I was like, fuck them snacks. I want what she's got. I want that. And my face lit up. I was like, oh yes, give me all that. And then I look around the room and all of the boys had these disgusted looks on their faces And I was like, oh shit, maybe I reacted too early. I should have watched and read the room. And I did not, I did none of the sort. I did not understand the assignment. So I'm happy. All these dudes are disgusted, looking at me like, what is this dude's problem? Oh, and you can believe that definitely came up in conversation later. But that was just one thing that led me to believe that I am different. I don't know what it is yet, but there is something that is different about me. I then got into, so kindergarten, I don't know if that's considered pre-elementary or elementary school, what the fuck it is. Um, I got into, listen, I was old enough to where we were having gym, gym class. And I noticed that every, like all the boys were excited to like throw around footballs and play with basketballs. And I was just not about that life. I was like, this is going to hit me and it's going to hurt and I'm going to cry. I don't want to do this. Y'all are sweating. Y'all are breathing all over each other. I don't want any parts of this. Do not touch me. Go away. And not to say that, that I mean, right off the bat, that those are the ingredients to be a homosexual because they are not. Everyone is different. But this is my personal experience. And I, I, I just noticed that compared with the Polly Pocket dolls. And then um, we would do secret admirers and Valentine's Days and the boys would like be doing this for the girls. And I'm like, I don't like them. I don't want nothing to do with that. Y'all can do all that. But it wasn't, it was, it was just super eye opening because I was like, why don't I want to do this? Why am I so embarrassed to do this? And it wasn't until I got into fourth or fifth grade. I don't know, hell, that I found out what gay was and I was like oh I want that sign me up that is me 
But there was something in me that was like, you cannot just say that. You like you you know what it is now, but you can't say it out loud. So obviously, like any other little black gay boy, I held it in. It was very closeted and it took me until I was like, uh, I think I was uh, 15 before I told anybody. But yeah. So that is how I came to know that I was a homosexual. I kind of want to touch on being a black homosexual. So part of the struggles that I have endured in being a homosexual have been heightened because I am a black homosexual. It is now called a double minority, so I'm black and gay. Um, I like to call it double homicide because you done fucked up twice within society's eyes. Um, being a black homosexual is probably one of the most challenging things that I've had to endure ever. And it's something that I can not shake off and I can never run from. It's something that I am not going to say like I've necessarily overcome the struggles, but I've definitely learned how to deal with them on an everyday basis. Growing up within the black community, black men are taught to suppress feelings. You are not allowed to cry. What the fuck you crying for? Um, we are also taught to be, I guess, I don't know if you guys remember, what the fuck is that movie with the, um, the Vikings and shit? I don't know, but we're taught to like fight. Like, we're taught to be um, aggressive. And I want to be very careful with my words because I'm not trying to be canceled before I even fucking blow up. Um, but within the black community, it's very hard to be sensitive and uh, almost, I guess, I guess, kind of relatable, if that's, a, if, that, if that's the appropriate term. If not, correct me. Feel free to correct me. But I noticed that my... And I, first and foremost, I love my family. I'm not bashing my family. Like, I love them dearly. But they would say and do things that would lead me to believe, like, if I tell these people that I like men, this is going to be a huge problem. I'm going to be cast out, like, the fucking Salem witch trials. Like, it's going to be awful. And that was extremely tough for me growing up because I felt so alone um, like, obviously, I know my, like, I knew my family loved me, but they would use words like the F slur, and they would say, like, um, sissy, like, it was just, it was just a lot for me, so I held it in for as long as I possibly could, and I actually think one of the first people that I came out to was my little sister. Shout out to you, Jada, bitch, I love you, and I just remember in that moment, being able to say it out loud was so liberating. Like, I, I can't explain, like, the exact feeling, but I just felt so free, and I, I wanted to feel that all the time, and I just couldn't. So, so I came out to my sister, and she actually held the secret a little better than I thought she would. I remember after telling her, I was pacing back and forth in my room. Like, what the fuck did I just do? Why would I do that? She's going to tell everybody. But she didn't. She actually held it in really well. 
I don't know. She may have told my older sister. My older sister didn't say anything, though. But it, it was all good in the hood. So let's rewind a little bit and let's backtrack. And I want to kind of talk about some things uh, that I endured, again, growing up as a black gay boy. My mother, I would like to say that she did the best that she could in trying to understand who I was. But my mother was very... She was all about face value. She was all about what are people... And she would never admit this, God rest her soul, I love you, mama. She, she was all about what, are, what would people think if, if these things were to like be presented to the public, I guess. So I remember one day, I was in fifth grade and we lived over on the Far East Side. We lived in Cumberland, Indiana. And I was with my friend, uh, I think his name was Darian at the time. I don't know why I'm just saying people's names off freely and shit. Please don't sue me. I don't have any money. I'm just telling you my story. <laughs> um... But I remember I used to, uh, used to, I love the Cheetah Girls and I had their first album after their first movie had come out and we were doing choreography and his mom had come up with the idea to do Showtime at the Apollo. We always used to play pretend and shit, but she wanted to make us do Showtime at the Apollo. So we were performing and we had come up with this choreography to the song Girl Power by Cheetah Girls. And if you don't know that song, I need you to go and learn it because it's a banger. But we were doing choreo to it and she shut, like, they shut the track off and just and everything stopped. And I was like, oh, we done fucked up somehow. I don't think anybody said anything about it for the remainder of the night. But my mother got home and she was notified of it. And I remember her breaking my Cheetah Girl CD and I was crushed. She, like, snapped it in half in front of me and I was crushed. And that was a vivid moment that I took with me growing up into adulthood before even coming out and I was like she did that to my CD just imagine how she's gonna react when I tell her that I'm gay and this is a little off topic but not off topic parent if you are a parent um I urge you to be careful what you say and do to your children because they will take that with them as they are being developed like at that time I think I was maybe eight from eight to ten and those are like crucial moments within your life like I took that with me uh like even now I think about it so just be careful what you say and do to your children they will not forget and it will go with them in life and they'll apply it to like different situations and scenarios so good things and bad things so just be careful but so I remember that and then I was like so I can't come out to her and then I remember my father he was very sporadic within my life like, I vividly remember moments of him being there, and then I remember vivid moments of him not being there. But there was one specific personality trait that he had. Um, he thought jewelry was gay. I don't know how, as a child, you sexualize jewelry or any other accessory, but uh, whatever, he did it. And it was this big spectacle because I wanted to get my ears pierced. It was this huge thing. And it was like, no, 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 you can't have your ears pierced. And I would be like, well, what if I just get one ear pierced? Growing up, that was like a symbol of, I guess, masculinity, like for a little boy to have one ear pierced. And obviously the little girls would have both of their ears pierced, which is ass backwards to me. I don't fucking understand that. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. But I would be like, well, just, can I have one ear pierced? I just, I really just wanted to accessorize. The little gay boy in me was like, I just, please, can I have this? <laughs> um, and I remember them, both my parents just being like, no, no. My mother was more so like, your father would kill me if I allowed you to get your ears pierced. And my dad was just like, no, you just can't. 
So that was a little weird for me. But that's also something, again, that I think back to where I'm like, okay, so I can't tell my mother, can't talk to my father. All I have are my sisters. So I told my little sister, see, full circle. I ramble a lot, y'all, but we're getting back to it. So I told my sister and it was great and I felt so free. And then ass backwards a couple years later, I got into a relationship with a girl and it was the, probably the hardest three years of my life because I was pretending to be someone that I inevitably, like I wasn't, like I, I didn't like women, but I felt like this is who I needed to be in order to be accepted within my family. Which looking back on that, all of my family fucking hated her. So that was stupid, but maybe I just chose the wrong girl. But I remember that. And I think that's also because I was in high school at that time. I think that's also when I started to realize that I had some problems within my brain. Like I realized that this sparked the mental health issues. I remember just going into these spirals of like low self-esteem or like terrible emotions and I remember being sad all the time or being upset and I remember having anger issues and always fighting like in within this specific three years because I and I have to connect it to just being so unhappy with who I was and at that point like I had started smoking uh I started drinking I was fighting all the time I I was just doing crazy shit. And I think that, again, is when I noticed that something's not right up here. Like, something's wrong. But I, again, I would hear things. I would take it to my mom and I would be like, I'm really sad. Or this is, like, without even having a diagnosis, this is a very da- damaging statement, so I encourage to not say this. But I would go to my mom and I would be like, I'm very depressed or I'm very sad. And she would look at me. It's not, it wasn't funny then, but like knowing who my mother was, she would look at me and be like, what the fuck you sad for? What the fuck you depressed for? You ain't got shit to be depressed for. You ain't paying no bills, blah, 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 blah. And I would just be like, okay, well, I guess I need to suck it up then. But I remember being very, very low, very low. And I just, we didn't have the money or resources for a therapist. I don't even think my family believed in mental illness. So I was, I was just struggling. And that just, kind of leads me into like what this episode is about being black and gay and mentally ill is a fucking triple homicide and I think it's very damaging to disregard the feelings and the emotions that we have as African-Americans, as gay African-Americans, and as mentally ill gay African-Americans. I think we need a voice and I think we need to be heard. And I think we need, our feelings need to be justified. And growing up, you'll see a lot of similar characteristics within Black households. Like, we don't do that gay shit. Mental health, mental illness is for white people. You're Black, so you need to conduct yourself this way. Um... And things like that. I just, I encourage, if there's one thing that you, I know we've gone through a lot within this episode, but if there is one thing that you take from this episode, and this is for all of my Black parents, like, I've noticed that from my generation, from me, like, from my high school and stuff, like, a lot of girls are having babies, a lot of beautiful Black babies are being born. 
please do not take your trauma and instill it within to your children. Please try to break the cycle. Any habits that your parents or your family kind of like had within raising you, I fully encourage you to do the opposite. It's okay for you to listen to your kids. It's okay for your children to express that they're unhappy with what you said or with what you did. Being a child does not mean that your feelings should be invalidated. And I feel like that's something that the Black community struggles with because we, as adults, feel like, I guess, respect your elders um, kind of overshadows. I have feelings, I have boundaries, and that is not okay what you did to me. And I think that's where most of the mental illness comes from, is from suppression of emotion because you are not allowed to express those things. So you have to leave it in. So fully, just to be fully aware of that. Um, And yeah, I, shit, that was a lot. Um, it, It went all over the place, but we got there. Eventually, I'll get better. I'm I'm definitely not going to do a script, though. I enjoy just kind of like rambling and talking. I think it works for me. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I want you to all follow my social. So my Instagram is ryguy with three underscores after it. And then I also launched an Instagram for the podcast. It's triple homocide with three P's in the word triple. Everything is linked onto my Facebook. So all of my Instagrams and then all of my podcast links. The podcast is now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. So there is no fucking excuse as to why you are not listening. But again, thank you guys so much for the support. I hope that you all take something from this and apply it to your everyday life. I love all of you and stay trill. And love yourself. Have a wonderful week. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye, guys.